Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Mark, what are we talking about? How boring Kona was and the new Iron Man series. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. We're all together. It's the post-Kona race. Uh, we did not do a Kona preview. Uh, it kind of never came together. But that's okay because exactly what I predicted happened. And that's like every time we do predictions and you guys didn't need to know. But Nick and Jackson are with me today. So, guys, I'm pretty happy that we're finally back together. When was the last time we did a podcast, all three of us? At least a month. I don't know, but I got to get my glasses on for this. Your glasses? Oh, no. There we go. Those look like Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. This why are they so reflective? These aren't mine. These are Montana's and their their blue light glasses. Oh, that's why they reflect all the blue light away. Is that how it goes? Those are great, by the way. The only problem with the blue light glasses, I can see your screen. They reflect the actual screen back to the Oh, I better take those off then. Better get that. <laughs> no, like sometimes I'll get like a little ghost light in my eye after I'm on screen too much. And the go the blue light glasses have been helping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, topic at hand. What? What is it? Where? Kona, I guess? Yeah, we got to talk about Kona, man. This is our first episode post-Kona. So, Lucy finally did it. I knew she would. Took the win. No big deal and didn't appear to ever be in doubt, really, at any time. So She was was hopping so bad on that Achilles in the last, like, five to six K of the run. I was like, she's not walking after this race for a little while. But she'll yeah. run us. She has to. Yeah, I did notice she was hobbling. Was that her Achilles? Did, yeah. did she have something going in there? Yeah. So, um, they did like an interview with Reese at one point, and he was like, and they were like, Reese, races. You know, she's been leading this whole time. How do you feel? And he was like, Well, you know, she mentioned her Achilles was really bothering her at mile like five or six or something. So I don't know what's going to, he was like, not confident at all. It was like, he was trying not to get excited, but he also came across as like, I don't think this is going to come together. It was such a weird, like, I don't know, neutral stance. He was not like, Oh my God, I know she's got it. No matter what she'll fight to the end. She's going to kill it. He was like, she's kind of, I think she's hurting. I don't know. Anything can happen. I don't, I don't even want to say anything. I might get divorced, (laughs) but yeah, she she put it on there. We were really excited to see Laura Phillip run in the third here at our Kona watch party because we love her. She's awesome. Um, Annie Haug should be named the Terminator. Absolutely. That's her name from here on out. She ran like the Terminator the entire marathon. Did not shared, shed any tears for anything else besides killing the marathon. Was it a marathon record for that race? Yeah 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 so funny story about Ann Haug I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before but my dad loves Ann Haug back in the day Jack and I raced um the London world champs or it was the grand final was in London that year I, I don't was know if there you remember too. I was there. there yeah I was there really? for the USA world champion or whatever yeah Oh, sick. Yeah, it was back in like 2012 or whatever. So my dad 
could not care less about triathlon, doesn't know anybody in the sport, just doesn't care about it that much. But for some reason, he loves Ann Haug. I think it's the last name. I don't know. But that was the year she got dunked under the buoy. The turn buoy came out of the water like last. And she did the whole race on her own. And for some reason, if you know my dad, this is really funny that he just likes some random female triathlete. That is like, weird. How's, how's Ann Haug? How'd Ann Haug do? How's she, <laughs> how's she doing these days? Yeah, exactly how it sounds. You know, how, he's how like, is Ann? He's is always followed right? that. Did she get COVID? <laughs> yeah. She did get COVID at Challenge Miami. I remember. Or no, yeah. Challenge Clash Daytona. Well, we did a trip with your dad last year, which is coming up again, Indian Wells. But before we get to any of that stuff, yeah, so the race impressions, I honestly couldn't really watch it. I just was too bored. I mean, that's, to be fair, most of the time for me with anything Ironman distance because just not a whole lot happens and like not much changes so once the swim happens and then the first like 20 minutes of the bike where you know who's going to be riding well and who's not there's going to be a couple blow-ups but you're just not really going to see a whole lot going on that you couldn't just get from watching the tracker honestly so i didn't watch too much of it i did watch then most of the run kind of like off and on and saw a bit of that but um it was the same for me with nice i didn't i didn't really tune tune in too much because it's just it's hard for me to get into those big long ones well i did watch it we had a race watch party me ellie and zach and we were just throwing shade left and right about all the things we would have done different like every pro triathlete probably so is it really a party if it's only three of you yes (laughs) i carried it so (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. Keep going. Keep going. There's a couple points that I really was just having a hard time with. And Lovato is like, he must've practiced so hard to be Tony the tiger. Cause man, was he hitting it hard with like, right back here. And we're coming down the Kalikini highway. Like he was just like <laughs> rolling her in hard, like, and the full gas bike course like it was just insane insane amount of tony the tigerisms out of lovato um, and we'll be back after these messages after these messages like it was you every five miss- minutes yeah and the commercials were frequent and predictable um lovato did call annie how Laura Phillip or something down the finishing shoot. No, he called Laura Phillip and Haug or something. Anyways, he messed up one of the biggest parts of the podium running to the finish. Poor guy just probably lost his mind after all the broadcast hours. Um, and for, I guess, broadcast, you know, variety, they did have some more than just the leader. Like we saw less of Lucy Charles Barkley than I've ever seen of Lucy Charles Barkley during a, a race when she's leading the whole time. Like she was probably like, Oh, we're going to check. It. it was like F1 when Verstappen's off the front by three minutes. They're like, Oh, well, there he is. He's still winning. Oh, let's go back to the drama. So they did a bit of that. They were on Taylor nib, like so hard this race. It was unreal. And Taylor nib was having a chat with the camera person. Like it was a friend, like she was just chatting and laughing. And like, I don't know how I felt about, if it, I don't know if it was Kenny Withrow on the back of the moto, like her camera guy, like contracted. I don't know if I agree with like being able to know somebody on the moto, if that was the case, because 
nobody other no other pro has that no one else can just have a chat and talk and get updates and all kinds of stuff so i wasn't sure if that was happening if it was wasn't a fan um it was interesting to watch her race all the time and like talk to the like when she got her one minute penalty she was just telling everybody she went by like i have a one minute penalty like just letting everybody know when you see her performance slow down a little bit she's got a one minute penalty it's not because she's slowing down on purpose um, she was, I guess, the drama and the personality of the entire show, because that was really much, pretty much what you saw was, was Taylor Nib. So that was kind of what I saw the whole time. And then it was like, can she hold on to the run? And then is Anne Howell going to run up? It was kind of awesome to see the women have their own day at Kona. I really did like not having to go back and forth. Would have been nice to see some more split screens. Would have been nice to see more updates from the top 20. Um, so I think they still, yet again, missed a lot of good drama, missed a lot of moves, but it was uh, 1% different and better than the other ones. Yeah, I think the splits is a big thing, especially when they're on the bike. You don't get a split for like 30 to 40 minutes on where everyone's at, but they have it on the screen. And it's like, oh, they've been at eight minutes for the past 40 minutes. You don't actually know what like what's happening or what's moving up, how they're moving up, right? So. And if they had Race Ranger, they could pinpoint everybody on course specifically with timing and location, speed, and they man, the dynamics of what it could be are still there. And I think the other big news moving on from Kona um, was the announcement of the new Pro Championship Series that Ironman launched strategically right before Kona. I think that was good. I think we all needed that. I feel like we lost a lot of the Ironman dominance over the last year, watching the PTO kind of put their money where their mouth is and, and paying pros. So PTO maybe actually raising the standard for what Ironman is putting out there to get more loyalty amongst the professionals. How do you two feel about this new championship series and kind of lay it out? What do you know about it? Jackson, Jackson probably can start me. Well, um, Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think this is pretty clearly in response to the PTO coming in and Iron Man trying to sort of reassert their. Well, they probably got wind of, you know, obviously rumors that PTO is going to have a series where they're going to contract the athletes. And Iron Man's like, okay, how can we keep the athletes racing with us? And so they came up with this. And I think it's a really good idea. I mean, it's kind of cool that they just have it as the races and like anyone can be a part of that series. Really. Anyone can go try and do it. So that's really cool. Um, whereas with the PTO, obviously it's only the people who get invited and, um, it's, you know, a lot more exclusive that way. Um, it's pretty clearly like it's, it's really just a series for full distance athletes. When you look at the way the points are structured, um, you're not going to do, you're not going to have any chance for a top 10 if you don't do at least two of the full distances, probably three, really, because a lot of people are going to do three. Um, and even if you're 10 or 15 minutes behind or 20, you're still getting a lot more points than you would if you want a half. So it's really a full distance series, which I think is fine. Um, I think it's a little interesting that they included halves in it, like when they don't really matter but i mean i guess they're going to force people to do a couple halves as well so it kind of makes sense um because you can't just do five fulls in a year 
So, yeah, I think it's, it's good. It's, I mean, it's all positive. It's more money into the sport. It's more opportunity. Um, it's gonna, we're going to see a pretty significant number of people, I think, decline the PTO series, um, in order for them to do the Ironman series. And what you're pretty much going to get is you're going to get the people who prefer the full distance are going to go do the Ironman series and the people who prefer the half distance are going to, or, or shorter are going to go and do the PTO series. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like if PTO is doing 20 people per race or whatever it is. Um, is it like top 30, like are going to get in kind of thing. Cause only half are going to do it or whatever. Like it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see. So I just really want to call, I still think the PTO series is probably better for me. I'm not going to bother with the Ironman series. Like I would have to do three of them. So it's just too much. Um, if it was like two fulls or one, I would consider it, but um, I'm probably going to see, see what happens. And if I don't get into the PTO series, then I kind of am one of the people who are kind of left out of both, but that's just, you know, the way the cookie crumbles. The cookie crumbles. Nice. Huh. I don't blame you. Yeah. I think, I mean, I agree with most of what you said there. I think what it does is it kind of fills in the gaps behind or it backfills what PTO has kind of, is kind of taken away from the sport, but it also provides an opportunity for the long course guys where the PTO, they've come out and said like, they're not focused on the long distance. They're focused on the middle distance right now. And I think Ironman saw that. And I was listening to an interview from Andrew Messick and he said a couple of interesting things. First, he said they sat down and they met with, um, I believe it was the athlete board for the PTO to discuss this with them. And they, he also said that they want this to work like not as a competition to the PTO series, but in cohesion with it. But they still want to protect their athletes within their ecosystem. So, what I took away from that was like, yeah, we're targeting the Ironman distance. This is our bread and butter. This is what started it. We want our pros to stay in the long course racing here. We want them to race the full distance. Um, I think it's great as well, because like you said, it's, it's not exclusive to certain pros based on the rankings, but like anyone can target it as long as the races don't fill up. And that's, you know, like that kind of allows it's like every, every man can do it, I guess. Um, or a woman. Yeah. Or a woman. Just make sure. I mean, we're, we're just going to see more likelihood. The race fills up on the men's sides, right? Yeah. yeah. Just, with, just with numbers, just um, with numbers. But yeah, I think, I think the, the, uh, the people who really are stoked for the Ironman series are obviously, you know, the Joe skippers, the Patrick Langs, the Matt Hansons, and, um, a guy like Cody Beals, a good friend of ours who, you know, hasn't had the best year ever and, and, you know, would like to have better results, but a year like he's put together with a few pretty solid foals, not nothing crazy would be worth a lot of points. Like he could, if he puts together a decent year next year, it, that's a guy who could come top 10 in that series and that could be huge for him. Right. So, um, yeah. it's interesting also, for that. Sorry. What I, what I was trying to get at before is that like, it doesn't take anything away from where where the racing was last year, where it was before that. They're just adding on. They're essentially just adding $1.7 million, right? Like, 
That's they're the not, cool part. Yeah, I like they're that. not removing race opportunities from the seventy point three athletes or the full distance athletes that can't get to these races. You know, like you can still race your regular race schedule, and your potential earnings are would be the same. But if you targeted these races, your potential earnings would just go up. I feel like this goes in line with what I've been asking and talking about over the last couple of months is has the 140.6 distance been losing stature in terms of coolness and validity. It feels like PTO came in and kind of took a lot of the seam out of that or the wind out of that sail. Ironman just took it back. So I think that's awesome. I, I really am glad that they're taking care of the distance that they so have handedly created and maintained where the PTO the hundred K distance that's theirs. Like, that's fine. I'm happy that this is happening. And I think, I think we needed it. I think it puts pros in a better spotlight, more bargaining chips in our favor, more opportunities to race for more money. Like this is just good for the sport. It's great. So yeah, the end of the episode, I guess we're, uh, that was great. (laughs) Hey guys. So, um, well, let's freaking catch up here. Let's let people know what we're doing. What are you guys racing next? What are you doing right now? Are you feeling ready? Are you, I don't know. Nick looks like he hasn't come outside. This is the first time inside in forever. He's got raccoon eyes there. Yeah. I've always got a standard raccoon stature with the, the eye lenses. Um, yeah, I guess 18th raccoon. <laughs> is that, is that racial? Uh, you're, no, you're... of course not. So what we're going to do now is talk about how many hours a week I work. It's too many to count. Yeah. Let's actually, let's, Let's dive into this, Nick. How many hours a week do you actually work? Um, one day I actually did. It's been a lot of like 7 a.m. mornings to about 7 or 8 p.m. evenings when I'm on the phone and finishing up calls or whatever between all the little running around. So it's usually a 60 plus hour week of swim, bike, run, business stuff. Um, maybe even 40 hours a week just on RTS itself. So it's been a lot lately. But I really am in a position where I love it. This is all because I'm, RTS is taking a level that I kind of really hoped it would, and it's happening. So I'm like throwing myself at it. So tomorrow, I get to travel to Saudi Arabia. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> long flight. I, th- I don't even know. The, I haven't even added up the hours of the flight because I don't want to know. All right. So a little story on Saudi Arabia. I was just chatting with Nick on saturday and he's like yeah training's been good i haven't traveled that much it's been awesome and all i gotta do next week i think i'll get some good training and i just all i gotta do is go to saudi arabia uh you know get some good training (laughs) into the super league i'm like wait a second no big deal just go to like maybe the hardest place in the world to get to (laughs) just for nick it's a normal normal week well i'm trying to I can't take a bike for this one because well, I actually didn't want to take a bike, but it is like a six day trip. Oh, seven. Yeah. Six day trip. Um, there's a couple bits of downtime on site in Neom, but yeah, I'll swim, I'll run, I'll still maintain that level of training, but my own personal training, um, it's been a roller coaster. I'd say coming out of the, the fitness, I guess, deficit that I had created earlier in the year. Um, I guess it's, different to hurt now like it changed my perception of riding really hard and swimming really hard so i've been struggling honestly to push myself to the limits that i used to and i don't know if it's just because i'm getting older too and i I am a lot more tired um but i am feeling it and i think cabo will will be a good testament jackson you'll be there um garrick will be 
watching you train for your full, no big deal. Um, but I did pull out of Ironman Cozumel because I just knew I wasn't going to be able to put together the amount of volume and consistency. So I think Cabo is going to be a good checkpoint to see where I am. I think I'll be biking and running has been great. Swimming and biking has been like, what, what's going on? It's just, it's just been tough to put it together on in the workouts, but I'm not, you know, I'm not let, letting up or not doing it. I'm just, it's not as easy as it used to be when I was 36 years old, being 37. Is <laughs> um, so then we'll do Indian Wells and we'll do, um, we'll go to Ecuador again, even though every time we go to Ecuador, something crazy happens. So we'll see what happens. Wait, um, what crazy happened the last time you, you went, I, when we went, when the year that I won and you came second, that was the year where I realized my flights didn't actually get booked. And I realized that like what the day before. Yes. <laughs> I think it was the day before. And I'm like, you had to take a so I had to like, there was one ticket left on the way there and it was in the like premium class or whatever, which was literally no better. It was just the same. And it was like a really expensive. So I booked that and the way home didn't have any. And then on the way back, I drove with some of the like Ecuadorian triathletes and this dude was like the wildest driver you've ever seen in your life on the sketchiest roads you've ever seen in your life. And I was like scared for my life going around these curves on this mountain on the wrong side of the road, passing cars. I was like, what the fuck? And uh, the people in the back were just asleep. It was just normal. No big deal. For that. <laughs> asleep. No they literally deal. were sleeping. I was like, how is this possible? I, I'm pretty sure we're about to die and they're just asleep. Anyway, that was wild. But uh, I think they were sleeping it off a little bit too. So, Well, I, Salinas looks nicer than Manta. Like by all visuals that I've seen, the, the water looks nicer. When I went to Manta this year, it was a bit tough because it smells like exhaust. Like that's all you <laughs> smell is exhaust. Like I don't know why the catalytic converters haven't made it there. They just have not. And that's, I hope that Salinas smells not as much of exhaust and fish in Manta because it's a fishing village. Well, and in Manta, we got just hammered with sea lice on that swim. Like I got cranked like a hundred times. Yeah. Freaking brutal. But yeah, Salinas is more of a vacation, like beachy kind of place, I think. Yeah, I think it is. But we've got to go through Guayaquil, which is pretty scary, sketchy and murdery. Yeah, but we got a shuttle, so they don't, they'll know how to get around it. Yeah, it'll be fine. Bulletproof. <laughs> well, okay, so Cabo, and then we're doing Indian. I guess we should full, do the full update. We're going to Cabo, doing the Cabo race. That's going to be cool. Then we're coming back home, training for a few more weeks. I'm actually going to go to St. George, train for 10 days there before with good old Nick and Marky Mark. Mark. And then we're going to drive down to the uh, Indian Wells, six-hour drive. Perfect, easy trip. Crush that go up, race. Go up Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. I think Mark wants to go three weeks out, but we compromised <laughs> with Friday. <laughs> and, uh, and then drive back to St. George, train for a few days or recover, whatever. Then go to freaking uh, Salinas, end of the year party, race, good times. Yeah. And then and then Nick's going to race Pucon. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm already like Jim That's, is already like. Will you tell me your race schedule for 2024? I'm like, what? I don't know my schedule yet, but I've got to figure out at least the first six months. I was trying. I told well, Amy and I told um, Zach and Ellie we would go to do some Australia stuff. So 
probably in March, go do an Australian race and then come back, get ready for a full distance, either Texas or what isn't that in March or April? Probably won't do that. One. Uh, April, Texas, end of April. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This is how much I've planned already. So I just got to March. Um, anyways, we may have a camp, a team RTS camp, pros, age group athletes alike. Cozumel, Mexico, January 2025. 4th. Sorry. Yeah, it's coming up. Like it's like in three months. No, two, two months? No, three months. Three months. So yeah. we gotta, yeah, I've got people who are interested. We gotta figure out what's happening, but do you guys probably already have a plan, do you, or do you not? You probably don't. I've got it planned as much as uh we're gonna go in the last two weeks. That's it. that's all I got. I'm Cosmo, waiting on Mexico. Book your flights. <laughs> Book your flights. <laughs> we'll probably run into each other on the island and just hang out and do a camp. We'll do a snorkeling trip at some point. But yeah, that's, I'm waiting. Mexicans don't like to respond quickly to text messages sometimes. I've noticed that unless you really need them, you got to call them and text them. And yeah, I it's 45 Celsius. You don't want to do much quick at all. You're just like, oh, I'll just maybe just think about it tomorrow. I'll just sleep. <laughs> it's so hot there. I don't know how those folks just live it live it all the days of their lives it's wild man uh, okay but, but garrick's doing a full and so i think he caught the bug because he did one and he didn't blow up that was kind of crazy like how do you not blow up in your first full like did you even do it garrick i don't know you did it and i blew up <laughs> Wait, i up. guess i didn't really i just kind of like gradually went slow yeah that's yeah, blew up. My... yeah yeah nick blew up nick died on the road and they're like i guess we should bring him into this this here place where he can lie down in the back of this freaking ambulance and we won't do anything for him yep put him in an ambulance do nothing for him and then he'll be all right that's the iron man one. <laughs> garrick um a couple things about iron man florida garrick because i've done it yeah. and i you at it because i was injured um on the run there's a one point i believe during the bike leg where you ride down a certain highway called highway 98. And the year I did it was the first, it was like 2021 after COVID or whatever. Maybe it was 2020 when they first brought it back. I was within inches of 18 wheelers going 65 miles an hour on highway 98 with no barricades, no, nobody's telling these cars, anyone's racing. And I was like, this is the most fucked up thing I've ever done in my life on a race course. What do you mean? You ride in St. George all the time. (laughs) I'm going to kill you. Yeah, St. George. (laughs) (laughs) Don't visit. Stay out. We're too busy. Yeah. Um, I've actually, I've been told from a few people that it's quite sketchy. Dude, there's one area where it's sketchy. The rest of the bike course is great, but man. Yeah. You rode on it on the half this year. Like there was not much cones or anything. No, there was <laughs> one part that wasn't the best. And that was, we're probably getting there like three hours earlier than you do for the full. So it was still like, and that race started really early. Wasn't it like five something? Um, yeah, I was breakfast at 2.45, dog. Yeah, so it must have been before 6 a.m. start. So yeah, it was, it was not great. And that was like not even 8 a.m. So if you get there at, 11 p 11 a.m for the full year yeah anyways i didn't really like that place much for a race so but you're gonna do it you're gonna do fine and here's the thing 
if people get hit by cars, like it's mostly about like the size of the vehicle and the size of the person. And so like, you're going to get less screwed than like a dude who's like 130 pounds. So you'll probably be fine. Yeah, it's true. But Hey, on the plus side, if you're riding with traffic and there's 18 wheelers going by you, it's really fast. True. You should just go right into the lane sometimes. Yeah. It yeah, is man. funny on the briefing when you, when they're like, yeah, this is a sketchy road, but like stay on the shoulder. You should be fine. Yeah. Should be, should be all right. No one texts and drives. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have a sign that says, please don't text and drive right before they get to the course. <laughs> yeah. Hey, in uh, Ironman, Maryland, there's like one section cause it's, you bike out and you do like two loops and you bike back. Well, I had just like passed a bunch of guys and then I was making my way back. And on the one section, on the one part of the road, they had already taken everything down for when you were going out. So we were coming in and it was just me. And there was literally nobody. There was nothing. There's I couldn't see. I think Antoine was behind me. He was like two or three minutes behind me by this point already. And I didn't see anyone up the road. And um, I it, it felt like I was on a training ride. I was just, the road was open. There were cars going by. There was a construction truck pulled out in front of me. And I'm like, this is a weird feeling. This feels like I went from like racing to just like a training ride. I mean, on the course. That is, that is quintessential Ironman when you're not in the top 10. Or even sometimes when you're in the top six, like if it's, you'll just be 10 minutes outside the front pack and there's like three to five minute gaps between everybody. And you're like, I don't know if I'm on the right road anymore. But I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And if you're Lauren at uh, good old Augusta, you go 15 to 17 yeah, and a half kilometers heck? straight the wrong way, <laughs> the wrong road. You just keep going and you go straight through red lights because you think it's the course and it's not. And uh, <laughs> you almost get hit by a car. You don't- so Lauren did not think. Oh my god! He went an intersection where there was literally nothing that he was like, "I'm probably not on the course." He did eventually, I guess. But there was like That's five a- dudes, and they all did this. They kept going, but they were following him because he was like the fastest of the cyclists. <laughs> so they were like, "Well, this guy must know." Oh my god, oh, man! I love that it was 17k. So it was like 35k, like 17 and a half, a 35k round trip. Yeah, he did 35 extra K and then he just he did the whole race. And then he's like, so yeah. He, yeah, he goes straight the wrong way, turns around, comes back, gets back on course. And then he's like, he's like last third of the age grouper. So he's just like racing with the age groupers, like passing them, stopping, getting sunscreen, like stopping and getting gels and stuff because he's, he's out there for so long. He, he biked like 41 K an hour for three hours and 15 minutes or something. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I got to get my training day. And then he just goes and jogs a run at a whatever it was, like 135 or something. Anyway, I don't know. Like, it takes a special kind of a mindset to actually do the whole race when you do it literally like an hour extra. extra. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. But anyways, um, that's that story. Oh, before the, all the, you know, the racing and everything, we get to go hang out with Garrett because he gets married and uh, we go to... No, that's actually, after Cabo. After Cabo, we get to go have a, a, a throwdown for three days. And actually, well, I got you here, Garrick. Um, yeah. The wedding's, the wedding's on Sunday, right? Yeah. What Are we doing anything Saturday? Yeah, there's a beer mile at 3 o'clock, and then we have a party at my house. Look at okay, this beautiful good. invitation. Isn't it beautiful, everybody? Oh, there's probably yeah, addresses yeah. on here. Yeah, you should Is probably that- cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's fine. We got like six viewers. 
Yeah, but the <laughs> six extra people are going to show up to the wedding and be like, I saw an invitation for sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, okay. Good thing I'm coming in Saturday early then so we can partake. Yeah. Beer mile. What, I've never, yeah. I don't think I've ever attempted a beer mile. So you but, can either do it by, you can either do it in a relay, any type of relay, or um, you can do it solo. We're doing it solo. Jack and I are both doing it solo. What's the rules? Yeah. Can it be non-alcoholic beer? Nope. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do light beer. I'll do four percenters. Are you obligated uh, that, to only drink athletic brewing, Jackson? No, I'm allowed to drink alcoholic beer. But if it's okay. less than 3%, it's got to be AB, which it should be anyways, because the rest of them are terrible. A- Is that what we're calling it? AB? AB dog? Oh, I'm going to say something that is probably controversial, but I think athletic brewing has killed the podium celebration. I want to, there's no champagne celebration anymore. We're drinking an athletic. Well, what they should do is get a bunch of athletic brewing and dump it into a huge glass that has athletic brewing on it. Problem is they got rid of glasses because they sliced people like six or seven different times. And the champagne's done that before too. Well, I mean, champagne ceremony is like, I just saw a picture of you having a champagne ceremony, Jackson, because I was using it for an advertising for our team. And it was the best. And then I had another one where it was like athletic brewing. Everyone's just standing there smiling. No <laughs> one is celebrating. Everyone should have to shotgun it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd do it. Well, I think anything to do with athletic brewing is better than anything that doesn't. There you go. That's fine. <laughs> you can say that and I'll agree with you. Actually, does have some pretty good flavors, but um, you can't really buy them in the store. So fuck it. Well, wait, what are you talking about? They're everywhere in store. Maybe I don't think they're in Utah. They're literally for sure in Utah. They're. I guarantee you, you can go out to the freaking Dixie Wixie or whatever the grocery store is called over there. (laughs) The Mormon Dixie Wixie. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go to Harmon's. Check it out. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered the recap. Kona, it was awesome. Meh-ish. Um, we want to see, you know, see some more stuff going on rather than just the same old stuff. Um, we got some good racing. Team's growing. I'm going to Super League, and I'm probably going to, you know, do some training in between flights or something. And then uh, Garrick's doing a full. Pretty much beautiful. Kahlo, Annie Wells, Linus, party, wedding, just everything. I'm not even taking an off season because I can't afford to. <laughs> Freaking Nick, you got to have so many points now for flying. I do. And I got upgraded to first class and it's awesome. Nice. This is the first year I've like people have been flexing about having flight status all the time. I see it. I see him flexing it on Instagram. I just get to do it now. Finally. Nice. Oh, also, Hopefully you get, get first class upgrade to Saudi Arabia. Nope. I can't, I don't have international upgrade status, only domestic. Oh, you'll get so, there. You'll get there. You just got to keep this up. I'm only, I'm only platinum, but I think Delta changed all of their stuff to where I'm screwed now. Like there's no chance I could probably get platinum unless I spend over like a hundred K and then also take like 30 flights. Don't, don't you have the Delta Amex too? Yeah, maybe it's better that way. Yeah, I don't know. Because you should be, I don't know, frick, man. All I know is I'm just barely breaking silver status again, and I've already done like eight flights, and I got four more, plus I've spent enough on the card already. Fuck's sakes. 
Jeez. Anyways, you at least get a free guest to the lounge. Yeah, actually, just not a lounge. Yeah, I do get free guests to the lounge, but I just booked my companion pass because we're coming to your wedding. Amy's going to fly oh, for free. Sick. I told her you can come. You can fly for free. Otherwise, no. <laughs> Where do you fly into that? Me, yeah. Detroit or just, yeah, Detroit, Detroit probably. Yeah, Detroit. All right. Detroit. We'll probably yeah, get you the airport or whatever if you want. No, we're going to borrow a car from my family because they live within 35, 40 minutes. Gary, your dad's yeah. 45-foot truck. My dad sold that truck, and he bought this badass Yukon Denali XL with, like, lights. Oh, that all, it's so fancy, man. I'm, I'm so, I was like, Dad, we sell this? It the Denali Ultimate? Yeah, it's crazy cool. It's diesel. Yeah. Diesel. My brother-in-law, my brother-in-law just ordered one. It came in. He's a unit. Oh, Garrick, see that thing. Garrick's getting a uh, a truck through work, right? Wow, well, yeah, possibly. It's still in the works. It's been in the works for like months. We just got to get around to it. Is it an F one fifty? So Garrick was here, and we. I don't know if anybody's seen Cody's little uh, Instagram rants about big vehicles and yeah, how he thinks that they're yeah you know, unnecessary. Cody, he can he can get a bike. He can get a bike and a passenger in his car. So there's no need to have a truck where you could put six bikes in the back and six people in the front. Until he's building something in his backyard, I guarantee he wishes he had a truck right now. No, he can get eight bags of mulch in that thing. Oh, God. Well, in any case, Cody's not a huge fan of big vehicles, and Garrick was here for a training day once. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to be getting a vehicle maybe through work. And he's like, well, you know. Work only covers it if it's a 2500 because it's got to be over a certain weight limit. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I think Carrick's like, actually, it doesn't even have to be a, a, a vehicle. It could it could also be a plane. It could be a private jet. <laughs> as long as it's above 5,000 pounds. <laughs> Cody's like, you sound very American. Yeah, basically. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. It's true. When I was young, some of these high school kids would be driving around King Ranch F-350s because it was like their dad's business got a write-off for just buying it, and it was part of like the farm equipment. So, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, that's how we got our van. Um, oh! not Yeah, through. We didn't even oh, mention that thing's yeah, fucking gone. About that. <laughs> Garrick's, okay, let me just, this will be a, a quick ending, and we got to end on this. Because there's nothing else. Garrick has spent years. You can go into the details of everything, but Garrick's van was maliciously burnt to the ground by some unknown constituents of some terrible society of life. We don't know who they are, but he caught it on video. It was messed up. Oh God! You should put it on. You should like put it over this. It's fucked. Yeah. So we're, there's a few, I still need to give a statement to the police. So I haven't posted anything on Instagram or anything. So I'm not sure what I can share, but like, I can tell you, like I posted on the community page in LaSalle and stuff, but yeah, some fuckers went and they literally 1:45 AM dumped gasoline on my van, my, that we converted lit the fucker on fire. And uh, because it's a van that we converted, couldn't get the only insurance you can get on it is collision, so it's not covered by insurance at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is insurance is ridiculous. It's like, oh, you you changed a light to a different color. Oh, it's a custom vehicle. Can't do it. You're you're fucked. So yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's a total loss. 
Yeah, so we figured that out because then the insurance guy fucking lied to me. He told me, he's like, well, if the van goes up in fire, he literally told me this, and but obviously I didn't get it in writing. He said, well, if the van goes up in flames, the van's covered, but none of the contents are covered. So I thought, well, the van's fucking covered. So I call him. Nope, it's not covered. Not in the coverage. I like, they're like, no, it has to be collision. And I clarified with them that it has to be vehicle to vehicle collision because I'm like, the fucker ran into the van. Like, he collided with it. But <laughs> yeah, no coverage at all. <laughs> the, the gasoline collided with the vehicle. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe um What about homeowners? So yeah, so unless we, um, no, they because it's plated, they they don't cover anything plated. So even if your garage went up in flames, and your van, your vehicle was in the garage, it's plated, so you have to go through your vehicle insurance. Oh man, I didn't know that. That's so awful. Yeah. So yeah, it sucks. But Morgan's bike, Morgan's bike was in the back, totally fine. It's just dirty. Yeah, thirty eighty thousand dollars gone. I guess a couple thousand dollar bike, fine. Yeah, man. So, I don't know. Did that so, like wake your dad up? Was that at his place? Uh, yeah, it woke him up and it woke the neighbors up. And well, the thing is, when he didn't know that someone had lit it on fire when he went out there, right? Until him and the cop went to look at the video to like see when it caught fire and stuff like that, and they saw the guys dumping the gasoline on it so he must well, have just missed seeing those guys if he like ran out there yeah he was like two minutes behind them yeah well we're gonna start on our patreon if you want to do a thousand dollars a month towards garrick's new <laughs> van, we'll no we'll make, we'll make sure he gets yeah. the van no Thank we're you. not accepting any any money or anything like that it was our property so well uh, we're, we're gonna catch the fuckers and sue the fuck out of them and um did yeah. you get print analysis did it leave a boot track yeah well you know if they're listening to this we already we already got you we know who you are so Ooh, i you told me their names too so i got i'm working yeah. on it and i gave you their addresses so and i'm scary yeah yeah i'll swim over there real quick all right yeah so anyways on let's that- sign off boys Terrible note there, Garrick, and thanks for uh, sharing your. We we feel you. We're sorry. Uh, Thousand bucks a month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, fucking, it's just it's just material shit. So you lose lose stuff all the time. At least you get your beard. Exactly, and that doesn't matter how many times I burn that fucker off, it comes back. <laughs> all right. Well, great episode. Yeah. We'll uh, have another one um, with. I think I, we're gonna have Ellie Salthouse and Zach. Or Cody Beals did say he would come on. So we're going to have next guest unless someone else interjects in the meantime. Yep. Cool. All right. Until next time. Peace. Oh. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise. On a one-man mission trying to see it through.